0: Every single day, people take unwanted or unused items to thrift and antique stores across the country. But as the saying goes, one man's trash is another man's treasure, and we're here to prove it. Identify valuable things before you throw them away. Join us as we show and tell of treasures found and sold by a full-time reseller with the hopes of helping you find some treasures of your own. Welcome to the What Sold podcast. Hey, welcome everybody to the What's Old Podcast, the first ever edition of the What's Old Podcast with my friend, Matt Rock, who is the king of the What's Old World. You might know him as Rusty the Reseller. (laughs) He has many different gnome plumes and aliases, but all of them are the same madman in this. So Matt, welcome. Good
1: to see you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh man, I'm really happy to be here yeah. making this happen. This is exciting.
0: <laughs> I know you've been doing a lot of things on the YouTubes and other places, but today we're mm-hmm. actually officially launching the very first, I don't want to call it the Matt Brock podcast because it really has a lot of things, but it really is the Matt Brock mm-hmm. podcast. And well. we're going to be talking about what sold <laughs> on this thing. Now you already have a yeah. a channel on YouTube called What Sold. Can you describe that a little bit?
1: I do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's basically just how it sounds all we do is we talk about things that were purchased with the intention of reselling we put them on a platform usually ebay but it could be other things we sell them and then the show is really about displaying those oftentimes we're just showing the actual ebay store so this isn't a hey i got this thing and i sold it made tons of money but you're not really seeing it and i mean this is very transparent look at my ebay store this is the picture of the item. This is what it sold for. We tell you what we paid for it, how long we've had it, whether we were happy with the sale or not, oh. <laughs> and any information we want to give, oh. then we can, I mean, yeah, sometimes I'm like, guys, I'm going to be honest, I'm really disappointed in this one. <laughs> but usually it's it's really more about, hey, these are things you can find in your community. Maybe you have it at home, you know, or it's at your parents' house, that kind of thing. Really about education and hopefully inspiring or just letting people know that this isn't A magical world. This is something that anybody can really do. It takes a lot of steps to do it full time and and make a living out of it for sure. But you have to start somewhere. And there's a lot of people who do it part time out there, you know, and they enjoy that. And it's great to have a little extra money. But that's what the show's about in a nutshell. Oh, that's awesome. So the idea of the
0: show or the idea of what you're doing really is creating a kind of almost like a secondary market, right? We all know Amazon and all the other sort of commercial websites out there that buy and sell stuff. eBay obviously is a big one that people sell yep. stuff on and people have had varying levels of engagement with eBay, but your site is almost like <laughs> a third tier. If I can use that, it, it's sort of saying I'm not selling as a platform, but I'm finding things out there. For instance, all of us, I have things or I'm looking at things. I have a watch, pretty nice high end sports watch that I need to sell. I'm like, Ooh, I need to sell Ooh. that. So you, you don't specialize in any one thing, though, when you sell, right? You kind of just decide what it is. If you think it has value, you, you purchase it or someone gives it to you, however way you do it, and then you sell it.
1: I don't have specialties necessarily. In the beginning, I started this type of work really out of necessity. And so in the beginning, as you can imagine, it was all about what can I make a dollar on? Anything I can find that I think yeah. I can make money on, that's how I do it. But as I learned, as I went through things, you kind of, I married my own personal interests with what made sense for the business. And I've become a, I've become somewhat of a specialist on certain categories of things based off of my experience with it, how well they sell, Mm -hmm. how easy they are to acquire. And, and what I personally, I, I really like artwork. I really like instruments. I started selling on eBay and like, 2000 2001 wow and uh just part-time you know just not even part-time just like sort of <laughs> from home i'd find an instrument i'd buy it i'd play it for three months i'd sell it for 100 bucks hey that was a great experience i learned about an instrument you know in the process but i have developed some some knowledge more in some fields than others and now i target those because i'm getting better at finding them paying less for them And the longer my story goes on, the more people follow it, and the more likely I am to sell it, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, so that's a good segue to start talking about, you know, this is our first ever show. And I can imagine people that have followed you or are listening in on this, or like me, when I was like, wait, you do do what? Your job is what? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why we decided to do this podcast (laughs) is because it was just a fascinating story. So let's back up a little bit. Let's rewind the tape. Yeah. Back up, maybe not maybe not to 2,000, but to the point where you decided, hey, I'm going to make this a job. And now, not mm-hmm. everybody that's listening is going to be doing this as a job, but let's just imagine, let's take your story, Matt's story, about how you got to become Rusty the reseller and how you sort of launched into this. So give us a background on how you got here.
1: Yeah. Well, it's my third career. Oh. And... Who knows what the future holds but Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even start this as a hey, I want to build, you know, an empire of sorts. It was more I'm in a tough situation and I got I got two young children and a family to to help provide for. Mm-hmm. And how do I go about doing that in such a weird time as the COVID era 2020 was? Uh, but my my background is in mental health. I got a master's in rehabilitation counseling and I was a mental health therapist for a dozen years. And that's really working with people, serving people with disabilities, serving individuals with mental illnesses was my focus, and that's my educational background. And I sort of moved out of that. I'm I'm sorry to say it's still a great field and very, very needed today, even still, but it was difficult with the agencies hiring and I made less my last year annually than I made after 12 years of doing it than I made my first year out of graduate school, if you can believe that. Oh, wow. and all the while, costs are going up. You have a family, inflation. And I just said, I, it's good work. I just can't afford to do it anymore. And so I moved in. I sort of at that same time, uh, a person I knew, a friend of mine had started up a business in the kind of during the craft beer boom. He started a tech-based restaurant bar concept and because I knew him and it was small he wanted to scale it grow it and so I went to work with him and we we did that for several years built this thing out got a bunch of people involved it was operating in multiple states it was a multi-million dollar grossing company by the time that it dropped off and that brings us to 2020 mm-hmm. the health crisis people are staying home and this the, kind of the job sort of ceased to be able to operate both the stores that were existing and also nobody's wanting to, to open up new stores in that time. So I found myself very quickly at home with two small children and we're a dual earning income family. So how do I continue to work? How do I provide for my family, both you know uh, tangibly in the moment, but also find time to do work? I was already buying and selling on eBay. Oh well, wait, very, before very you part-time. get
0: to the buying and selling part, and we'll get to that, yes. but Let's yeah. talk about, I mean, so I think for a lot of people who are listening can relate with COVID. So COVID hit Yes, yeah, absolutely. I became a full-time podcaster during that time because I was a teacher and all the schools shut down. Right. I was like, well, I don't want to, yep. you know, I'm going to make something happen. So it, it is interesting that in some really ironic ways, COVID w- launched a lot of careers because you had to absolutely. do something. And so you're at
1: home. Ended a lot and started a lot. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. So here you are at home. You've already been sort of dabbling in the buying and selling world, buying instruments, right? You were buying guitars and different things. You are a talented guitar player. You won't admit it, but you are. And you like instruments and you play. The intro to this show is one and only Matt Brock playing a guitar. So it's really fun that you Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. You had this thing that you liked and and you said, well, I've got to do something. So let's go from there. You got to do something. How do we get from there to Rusty, the reseller?
1: Yeah, I just looked around and thought, what is the easiest point of entry to, to earn income? So the parameters are, no one's hiring, so traditional jobs are out. Mm-hmm. At least you know, at the time, I had no idea how long. It was a scary time. I have to be present f- because I'm, I'm taking care of my kids while they're at home from school and, and until they're back. I already had experience with using the eBay platform. I already understood the idea of buying things and selling them for more than I paid for them. That's mm-hmm. a simple concept at, at the, you know, foundationally. And I had a computer at home and I had some space to store things. So I decided the easiest way to get into it is to use something I already know. I don't have to start something new or, or learn a whole new trade. I just expand on what I already knew, which was very little at the time, but, right. but enough, right? Enough to get started. Sure. So that was it. I would watch my kids whenever I had it. I did some sourcing online to begin with, because again, you can do that from the comfort and safety of your own home. And when they would come in, I would do what I needed to do to try to photograph or repair those items, put them back on a platform and, and sell them. And so this was a learning on the
0: job situation going on because it wasn't like you knew how to do stuff.
1: 100%.
0: You just kind of learned it as you
1: went. <laughs> yes, yes, 100%. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. And I... And I failed many times, and I still you know mess up and make bad decisions, bite off more than I can chew. There are a lot of things and a lot of the things I encounter are not new to anyone who runs their own business, started their own thing. This is not uh unique to me, maybe a little bit more unique in the specific thing that I'm doing, but the difficulties and challenges that I face on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis are the same challenges that anyone who has a retail store, anybody who sells a good and probably even services, it's, it's the same. There are cyclical times of year when things are better or worse. You've got to budget. You have to know how much to save, how much, what's your cash flow like? Mm-hmm. Here's a great opportunity, but I don't have the money. Should I stretch it? Should I not? Like there's so many tiny little things that you have to work out. And people ask me on the channel all the time, the Rusty channel, the What's Sold channel how do you know when to buy this or how do you know? And I think it's kind of them to ask They, as if I'm an authority on it. I have opinions, but I'm certainly not an authority. And also...
0: But you are more of an authority than most people that are doing it.
1: I suppose. No, that is absolutely true. But there isn't necessarily a specific answer to every question. Sometimes, Correct. and they don't like this, but sometimes the right answer is... Different for you than it is for me mm-hmm. because we're in different places with different circumstances. I just try on the channel to give general information that I think can guide people in the right direction, and maybe they can learn from things I tell them as opposed to having to make the mistakes I made. <laughs> you know, right. when I was figuring it out on my own. I also watched a lot of YouTube videos.
0: Yeah, isn't that the that I mean, you, YouTube University's been amazing.
1: That's that's yeah, one hundred percent. So we're gonna take basically two. Strains
0: of thought on this show. One is actually talking about the physical things that we sell. The other part is mm-hmm. just sort of answering what you're saying now. So, what the Rusty the Reseller and the What Sold YouTube channel. So, you go in, and yep. COVID's there. You decide, well, I'm just going to record myself. Now, for those of you that do not know what Rusty the <laughs> Reseller is and have no idea what we're talking about right now, Matt has an alter ego and his name is Rusty the Reseller. And you basically video yourself going into these different places and buying stuff. And it could be all sorts of things. And we're going to, on the what right. in this What's Sold podcast, it's the real Matt Brock, and we're going to actually take okay. a look at some of those items and talk about it. Yes. Specifically, we're going to choose a couple items each week to talk about, like, what sold, why didn't it sell, where do you find mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about Rusty first. What was the impetus for Rusty?
1: Well, once I was able to start going out and looking for items in person, on a regular basis, weekly, I started to encounter other people doing what I do. And they'd been doing it much longer in some cases than I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I started to, I live in Western North Carolina, for those who don't know. And there's a, like any region of the country, if you're there long enough, you start to get a vibe of the locals and the people who have been in this region for a long time. This is their region, the Appalachian people. And the, it, it, this is, it's a certain subtype. Yes. And yes. the the uh, the world, the subculture of the reseller world is fascinating to me because of, you know, my background being in psychology and counseling, I might view interactions a little differently than the average person. But that is to say, I encountered lots of similarities. And so when I decided to start doing the YouTube channel and cha- it became channels, it was again out of, hey, listen, I'm going to already be doing this stuff. People had told me for a while, maybe you should try a YouTube channel. You know, you can, you can earn revenue off of that. Didn't know a whole lot about it and thought, well, I'm already doing this work. I don't have to do ex- much extra work in order to record myself doing it. But to be very perfectly, I don't know if I've told maybe anybody other than my wife this, but the primary reason, if I'm being totally honest, that I did a character was that I was a little embarrassed that I was doing what I was doing and I didn't necessarily want People I knew, knowing that I was I was doing this. Really? So there is a little bit of a stigma around being a reseller. Uh, it's got a term. I think a lot of that has to do with interactions that people at retail stores have with people who are quote unquote resellers uh-huh. when they are pushy or demanding or just simply not kind in their interactions with people, and that has you know started to become a thing that it's almost like they look out for you and they're like, Oh, I don't know about this guy or this woman. And I, I definitely sensed that when I started out and kind of like, I knew I needed to do it, but I didn't necessarily want to be associated with that culture. Cause I didn't feel like that was me. And so I thought one reason was I don't feel comfortable being myself mm. and maybe just some personal, you know, insecurities. But then secondarily I thought, what if I created a caricature of, sort of the amalgamation of people I'm seeing <laughs> when I'm out and I, I make a name and I become I become like a backwoods Appalachian guy who's just trying to make a buck. But you know, I try to be kind and try to try to be helpful and, and encouraging as well. So that's kind of where it came. It also was kind of fun for me. I don't necessarily have like a big acting background, but I'm certainly Yeah, I have a flair for it a little bit. So it it made it interesting for me. I'm not just being myself. Putting it all on the table, you can kind of hide behind a facade a little bit. I'm sure that's very characteristic of actors and actresses. There's a comfort in hiding yourself maybe while you're doing it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I think that it's interesting you mentioned that about like sort of the insecurity about re- being a reseller. I think, you know, I am a complete outsider to this world. Yeah. I've never been a reseller. I've, I've, I've never even thought about it. I mean, I've, obviously, I've sold some stuff on eBay and had a couple of bad experiences and never want to do it again. So, other than <laughs> Facebook Marketplace and maybe Craigslist which most that's sort of most of us, but then there's sure. that segment of people that are in between. When I think about a reseller, I think about the flea market guy. Who's like, you're like, yeah, hey, what is this that I'm buying here? And most of the time I think that people like to go to those places cause they want to barter and they want to do different things. So I, sure. I, I think you're probably speaking and correct me if I'm wrong, but are you speaking a little bit to that character, the kind of the flea market person selling?
1: I am. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a place I'll, you know, it's called Smiley's. It's out in the region I live in, and it's like a out- gigantic outdoor market, and it has a certain reputation. It's like if it, you, you can find things out there that you can flip and make money on. You're also going to find a lot of people who all they did was go to Goodwill the day before and buy a bunch of stuff cheap and go out there and try to sell it for 10 times as much. Also, if something's stolen in the area, the first place the police go to the next day is Smiley's to see if they've got it for sale. Really? <laughs> you know? And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know multiple times when people were found just hawking things that they had taken. Not to say that, that that's, it, just for whatever reason, sometimes it draws that crowd. That
0: makes sense, right?
1: It's an easy way to, to get to move something. Yeah. But I think this, the thing is, there, there are, I, I don't want to paint such a bad picture about, there's a lot of resellers out there who are very, Honorable, who are very kind in their interactions with people, but then there are people who come in and it's priced three dollars, and they're like, "Well, you take fifty cents," and they're like, "Really, man? It's just three dollars, and you just why why do we have to do this?" So that's kind of the stuff I like to stay away from, and I'm sure we'll talk on future episodes about my particularly my particular vent, um, vent towards how I interact with people because I think building relationships, talking with people, not haggling them, is actually much more productive than trying to take a $3 sale down to a 50 cent sale right. one time and never come back.
0: Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Relationship is everything. You know, once you build trust with people, they know you're not going to try to rob them or, you know, steal from them. Yeah, exactly. No one likes to feel taken advantage of. I, I call it the mechanic rule. If you find okay. an honest mechanic, oh, sure. they, they have to turn business away because people want to trust them.
1: Yeah. And it's also a hundred percent.
0: There's a level of, I don't know enough about this thing. I'm going to trust you as the expert until you screw me. And then I'm never going to go back. (laughs) And if they get a reputation of that, they're in trouble. So if you are going out and you're buying and selling things and you have a reputation of as a sneaky, you know, shady character, people probably Mm -hmm. aren't going to deal with you in the same way. So I imagine that's also part of it.
1: Definitely for sure. It is. Yeah. So that's, That was the impetus for starting the channels. And then once I kind of got a taste for it, that was the same as eBay in the sense that I knew nothing in the beginning. Had to learn all of it. Not all of it. I had to learn a lot of it myself. I had a friend who lives in another state and city. He is a featured character on there as well at times. And together, we worked on building that first channel. But once we realized how to do it, we discovered some things. And that kind of led us to starting some other channels which is the namesake of this podcast, yeah. the, the What's Sold channel, with sort of refining what we were doing and packaging it in such a way that we could really just give the main details to people who are trying to learn, like yeah. I was in the beginning.
0: So let's, in our last you know, minute or so here, and this is really just an introductory show, just to give people a, yeah. sort of a flavor of what we're going to do. But if you were going <laughs> to say, I imagine when you started, you weren't like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And it may still not be what you do no. for the rest of your life. <laughs> but if you were to say, what is the thing that drives you to continue to do it outside of money? Like everybody does. There's an mm-hmm. economic reason for it. But what is the reason why you like to do what you do? Oh,
1: man, that's a good question. I mean, money is a big driver. <laughs> it yep, is work, Of right? course. But I think the thing that... Uh, it is exciting because mainly because of the education. So my, my channels are really sort of taking the things I've learned and sharing them with other people, but I had to learn them first, right? So when I started in 2020, uh, I was just trying to make money, but the thing that's really interesting about this work is how much I learn, and the learning is then translated to the YouTube channel. So for example, if I were to walk in an antique store into a booth, there may be hundreds of different categories of items in that booth, and I might've only known about 20 of them when I got started, but now three years later, I might know about hundreds of different categories of items, enough wow. to be dangerous, to, I, to recognize without even having to look them up on my phone. And so I ha- I'm, I'm ahead there. And every week, it's the same thing. I learn about new things every week. And for as many years as I do this, I will still be learning. And that is fascinating to me. It's very interesting. I'm not going to win trivia games necessarily all the time with this knowledge, but it helps me for my work. And it, it translates to help other people that I know personally too. Sometimes people have things they need to get rid of, or they're in need, and and I'm like, oh well, you know, if you just sold this thing, oh, I didn't even know I was just going to throw that out. I mean, I hear that all the time. I was going to donate that. I was just going to throw it out. So,
0: well, it's interesting because you and I are friends off of the show, and I you I ran into you, and you had found a just a little little segue story here to kind of maybe sum up that whole thing is that you had found a pocket watch, and the person sold mm-hmm. it, and you know you're. You're a buyer, so you're not going to necessarily say, hey, do you realize what you have there? And I'm not trying to paint this shady picture. Mm-hmm. You're trying to... They were selling this for a lot more than they had purchased it for. But it turns out that watch was worth a whole lot more than what they thought they were selling it yeah. for. So...
1: And have I even told you that it sold? No. Huh? Uh, it's, it's already sold. It, it did sell. Yeah. <laughs> no. You don't know this. Oh, yeah. I paid $120 for it, and it sold for wow. $900 like, oh. two days later. Yeah. So... so, yeah. It was 14 karat. It was solid gold, you know? and. That's, I don't get scores like that all the time, but you know, when you do, feels good. And I bet to
0: those people bought it for 10. So in a sense, there's a winner all the way around.
1: Yes. And I don't, you know, certainly don't want to take advantage of people. And that's why, like, I don't, as a rule, really haggle with people. If they're asking a certain price, if I'm not willing to pay that price, I walk away. If I want that price, you know, if I want it, I'll buy it at that price. And I find that, if you do that and you don't mess with people or you don't haggle them, uh, a lot of times it, other cooler, even better, bigger opportunities come along and it can be a win-win for everybody involved.
0: Yeah. And that's more, that's kind of a life principle, I think for some people, for sure. It is for me. Well, Matt, we're going to be launching into this show and we're going to be talking about some very specific items, but we wanted to give an overview of what we're doing. We'll filter in as we go along to talk about as things come along and and maybe you get another watch that you find or whatever. but. I'm very excited to be doing this with you. I hope those of you that are out there listening to this uh, maybe pick up something, learn something from Matt that you might apply in your own life if, that, if this is an area that you like to spend. And I think that the truth is, this is a fairly universal thing. We all have little items that we want to sell, but most of us are like, uh, like I don't want to go on Facebook Marketplace because I know I'm going to be dealing with all sorts of craziness. And maybe there are ways you can help us to sort of understand that. So as we move forward... That's what we're going to be doing on this show. Yes. That's the stuff that we're going to be talking about. So, Matt, thank you so much for the first intro episode we have here. We'll be back with a new episode. Yes. It'll be posting next week. So, we look forward to people being with us. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, right? It's the What Sold podcast. Yes, um, please. And we'll be in the show notes, we'll be given links and all sorts of things and an email. So, if you have any specific questions, can't promise Matt's going to be able to answer them all. But at least you can you can send him a message.
1: I will answer them all. I'll answer them. They won't be right <laughs> answers, but
0: it <laughs> might be totally wrong, but he will definitely answer.
1: I'm happy to answer whatever I can.
0: All right. Thanks, Matt. We'll be back uh, with a new episode very soon. Take care, everybody.